What the hell is the name of this song? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant? I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. He tried to get me in mid-chew. You know, the next thing we're going to have to do is take Kevin's name out of that intro. Yeah, that, we'll have to come up with something. Well, well, no, we'll, 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 let's call Brad week. Cham right after this, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll redo the intro. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ballsy, the college edition. I'm Evan Grant. David Moore is sitting in for Kevin Sherrington this week. And, and we do thank Kevin for all of his contributions. <laughs> David Moore in Who knows Wally, how much longer? David Moore in Wally Pip out. Uh, and Barry Horn. Barry Horn is here in a resplendent yellow shirt. Uh and the one you really want to force off this panel, but what's that? The one you really want to force off this panel, other than Kevin. Yes, well, he, he just wants this to be the Evan Grant. He podcast. just wants it to be the Evan. I'm, uh, I'm aware of that. We are joined now <laughs> for the college podcast by Chuck Carlton, our esteemed Big Twelve writer, who's had I don't know a little bit of stuff to write about lately. Chuck, how are you? Hey, glad to be with you guys. Yeah, this is the conference. Uh, well, well, everybody else just kind of uh, takes off outside of college baseball from uh, from uh, late May till uh, media days. Eh, not so much in the Big Twelve. Chuck, so. Chuck, I want you to put your right hand up, get a Bible out, and swear that Mary Spade is not sitting behind you right now. <laughs> She's going to be interrupting this podcast if I give the <laughs> wrong answer. Oh my gosh! Do you know who Mary Spade yeah, that, that, that is? That yes, I do. W- wasn't Mary Spade also handling a bunch of the Susan Hawk stuff too? I. That's that's politics. I don't know, but she but she she handled a lot of stuff with uh, with the Swift Boat and a lot and she worked. Yeah, that was her campaign. Yeah. That was her that was her campaign yeah. as and, well. And I, if this was crisis management, I don't know that oh. it was exactly what I would prescribe for crisis management. And we're talking about the Kennestar interview with a Waco television station. That is correct. Yes, I. Just, the interview was interrupted three times to get the proper. As you were crafting but, but they, the proper but, but response, but they introduced her as his friend, as a good a friend, long-time friend, family yes. friend, yeah, family, family friend. friend, family friend. I'm it sure was she the, is. Uh, crisis in management, actually. So, and and you guys forgot one of her great resume enhancers, uh, working with Craig James to uh, oust Mike Leach at Texas Tech. So that was a. Uh, <laughs> she she supplies. I guess in this case, she supplies helps supply the crisis as well. So <laughs> she she's does, she does it all. So, Chuck, my the most favorite thing of mine that's happened in the last week is that finally the powers in the Big 12 have realized that we, in fact, need a conference championship game. This is big because news. We don't have enough events. Yeah, we don't have enough events at uh, AT&T Stadium, I guess. So that would be, um, uh, although in the, uh, you know, just because I might need a couple hotel stays late in the year, you know, to keep my status i'm hoping for san antonio or arrowhead or houston just so i can get uh two nights down there but no it i would think it would be at at&t now the question becomes if you're playing a round robin schedule why do you need a championship game you know you're playing everybody already this isn't a case like the sec the big 10 even the pac-12 data points data points we need data points chuck Exactly. This is the Jeff Long Memorial Championship game. As soon as Jeff Long came out after 2014 and told Bob Bowlesby, hey, you didn't have that 13th data point, you may have the best way, the fairest way, uh, of picking a conference champion, but that doesn't matter in the room. What matters in the room is you guys only play 12 games, 
you know, the champions from the other leagues play 13. And by the way, did you see what Ohio State did to Wisconsin in that Big Ten championship game, 59 nothing? And that's the way it is. So ever since then, Big 12's been haunted by it. And now we have a round, apparently a round-robin schedule, two five-team divisions, even though everybody's obsessing about divisions. It doesn't matter when everybody plays everybody else. The only thing, and we'll get to this later, is maybe a scheduling dynamic to avoid immediate rematches. But, yeah, this is a – and to set up who might be in the championship game. So that's, that's what we're looking at now. But now the Big 12 can say we play a round-robin schedule and a championship game we have the toughest route to determining a champion and a potential qualifier for the playoffs. So. Are you in favor of the championship game, Chuck? I can't tell. <laughs> hey, I'm not in the room. I mean, it's one of those situations where I'm ambivalent on it. I don't think the Big 12 has a choice from a competitive standpoint if they got left out again from the college football playoff. But to be honest, it, you know, the number that mattered, I think, to the presidents wasn't that – hey, this improves your chances of making the playoff 14%. It was the, hey, this will bring in 27 to $28 million more a year to the conference, which is almost $3 million per school is, each year. Is, is there more, the conference. Does a championship game bring in more TV money? Yes, because they've sure. got to bid that out. Yeah, and, and, and sponsorship, uh, the gate, you go to, you know, all those things combined, and I, you know, a whole list of things, and I would assume the uh, the consultants who, who pitched this know what they're talking about. And from what I've told to out, you know, um, I've talked to people outside. They were estimating twenty five to thirty. So this is right in that ballpark. So wh- why don't they get think out of the box and have a four team postseason playoff and have four teams involved? Evan, don't don't smirk. Don't don't, dis- don't be dismissive. You want them to play that at the ballpark day. in Arlington and Dallas? No, exactly. But why not? I'm if, if as long as as long as you're going to have teams play each other a second time, we've already played each other. Why not? Have, why not have a whole? You can't time? rewrite the. You'd have to. You'd have to lose a non-conference game. Oh, so Baylor could lose the game against Sam Houston State, and TCU could lose the whatever Division Four team they're playing, and. They would have to lose a home gate potentially, yes. But how about the TV money involved involved in this? And they wouldn't have to pay somebody to to, to play the game. Yeah, uh, Chuck, your take? Uh, or, or you could do something like, uh, let's say, um, uh, you know, take your two division winners and have them play Notre Dame and BYU, <laughs> who are two independents. Yeah, uh, why, why don't we do that? Uh, I mean, they 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 might need them to add a point too. So, uh, uh, broaden your horizons. No, this is this is all set up now so that the CFP has no excuse when a Big Twelve team is on the table. And so, uh, yes, uh, schools can get more cash, and they will. So, they will be the only conference playing both a round robin and a championship game, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, nobody else is doing that because it's the only conference that can play a round robin right. because you've got. Ten teams, nine games. If if you go up to even the Pac-12, you couldn't play eleven conference games. Only one not conference game. That nobody would do that. How, so yeah, that. How badly does this conference need Baylor to remain uh, a college football power? Um, is, is it incumbent upon the on Baylor to remain 
uh, you know, a top ten school to, for the, for the strength of this conference? Not necessarily. I think well, what matters is that Baylor doesn't turn into SMU uh, in the latter stages of the Southwest Conference after the death penalty. That all of a sudden Baylor, in other words, the conference really can't have Baylor going back to being Baylor, which I think is a distinct possibility if they lose a couple of recruiting classes. Uh, whoever comes in to replace Browse, if the NCAA hammer comes down, if there's stuff out there we don't know about, federal lawsuits, drip, 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 all those sorts of things on a very serious matter. Uh, I think it's more important, though, for the Big 12, for Texas to turn into the Texas of the Mac Brown era uh, that pretty much turns out 10-win seasons every year. That would help the Big 12 more than anything else. You know Oklahoma is going to be good. You get the feeling TCU under Patterson has something going on right now. Um, you know, Oklahoma State is a solid program. K-State, Bill Snyder finds a way to win eight games, nine games. If they're the best team in the North Division or whatever they're calling it, yeah, they'll play in some championship games. would be a tough out. Well, and but, you know that if, if Baylor if if Baylor does become, you know, Mary Harden-Simmons. The, Mary, Mary Harden-Baylor. Mary Harden-Baylor, I'm sorry. Um, I forgot Mary. <laughs> Mary Harden Simmons. Yeah, I, I got my Harden Simmons and my Harden Baylors. Mary Harden Simmons was a girl I've been used to date, by the way. <laughs> yes. But if if Baylor goes back to being let's let's make something that I can't screw up incarnate word. Okay, if they go back to being that level of play uh, of player in the Big Twelve. You know, an eight-win Kansas State team is going to become a nine-win Kansas State team. And a nine-win Oklahoma State team is going to become a ten-win Oklahoma State team. So I think something ends up filling the void there. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And remember, you know, Browse had done this before uh, early in this process with recruiting classes in the you know ranked in the 40s. He had a, a top-20 recruiting class for the first time, but now – you know, you look at it, you may have a a four-star offensive lineman and a high four-star wide receiver guy who's ranked as the, the one whose paperwork is screwed up and is now a free agent. He doesn't have to wait on Baylor to do the right thing. Uh, he's the fourth-ranked receiver in the, you know, in the country out of the DFW area. He's uh, reportedly visiting, visiting Texas today. All of a sudden, that Baylor or that Texas spread offense that uh, the Longhorns are importing from Baylor all of a sudden it might get uh, supercharged a little bit with a guy who Art Browse compared to Corey Coleman. Yeah, there will be winners and losers out of what happens right. with the scandal at Baylor and one potential beneficiary, and I'm not saying this from a gloating statement, you know, it's not anything like that, but you know, clearly if Baylor takes a hit, one of the teams that could benefit is Texas. Yeah, other other teams in the Big 12 suddenly start picking up the, the blue-chip prospects that were in the Baylor recruiting class. Do you but, think, but if Texas doesn't return yeah, to prominence, players. Yeah, if Texas doesn't return to prominence soon, the the conference championship game doesn't matter. This is still going to be a diminished conference in the eyes of so many nationally. I'm not saying they have to win it every year, but they have to be they have to be in the mix. I think Texas has got to return to some degree of prominence, but I think as long as you've got Oklahoma, you've got the you know, you've got Oklahoma sitting there. And it's going to well, be yeah, but 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 do you view the SEC the same way if Alabama drops off the map or if if Michigan or Michigan State drops off the map in, in their conference? 
Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio yeah. State. I, I understand what you're. I understand what you're saying there, and and I, I think those other conferences, more so than the Big Twelve, do kind of stand on their own merits, even without the the the, the bellwether the, the bellwether team. Oklahoma and Texas are the two schools that drive sure. this conference. That's the bottom no question. line. It, um, well, 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 the argument has always been that when you go back to 2014, if that had been Texas and Oklahoma sitting there instead of Baylor and TCU, each with 11-1 and records and co-champions, but there's no way the Big 12 would have been left out of that there, first there, playoff. There's, there's but no, one of those two teams. But Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Texas also played better non-conference opponents. Oh, exactly. And that would... You know, I mean the the bellwether in that group was uh, TC's win over Minnesota. If you remember that, so uh, uh, you know, and, and and Baylor was playing non-entities. You know, right. University of Phoenix, Trump U, whoever. Yeah, so <laughs> Trump U. Hey, is, is there anybody laughing? Trump U was has a magnificent program. Is, is the best just tremendous. A great, a great program, and Donald Trump will tell you that, right? Oh, and he's the head coach. <laughs> Hey, is there anybody laughing last or laughing louder over the situation that Art Browse uh, found himself in than Gary Patterson over in Fort Worth? Not publicly, but yeah, I can imagine that. that yeah, they they feuded. Gary Patterson has made some references to doing things. Uh, you know, the right well, when they had the kid busted for stealing the Keystone Light, uh, the. Uh, uh, senior defensive lineman last year. And remember, Gary Patterson said that, hey, this isn't the stuff that goes on at that school to the south. And, and that was kind of the, you know, uh, drawing the line in the sand there. But, yeah, I mean, that, you know, despite whatever comes out publicly, and I, I, I'm almost surprised we haven't had some subtweeting by Gary Patterson, or at least it hasn't come up in some interview he's done. But even if he... He, if he takes the high road on this, yeah, he was not a fan of Bryles and the way Baylor ran his program. I think that goes without saying. Chuck, I want to jump ahead on one thing where, where Baylor is concerned, and that is, does this ever get, this will go through the NCAA process at some point in time, correct? Uh, I think it will. I mean, people are focused on the, and, and duly so on the sexual assault thing, but that's, more a matter for the criminal courts, for the Department of Education, Title IX lawsuits, those sorts of things. Um, you know, after getting burned on the Penn State uh, situation, the NCAA has stayed away from getting involved in criminal matters. The question is, in the course of Baylor's investigation of what was going on from the standpoint of covering these things up and improper handling, did NCAA violations occur? That's the big question there. And you know, if, so, Baylor was do, if, if Baylor was doing, you know, these things in regards to, you know, the Waco police or whatever is alleged and, 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 and you know, calling in complainants into the office to try to deal with that, were, were there other corners being cut at Baylor? And if that, is, if that is the case, then you could definitely see the NCAA in there in a big way. And if, A, do you believe that the NCAA gets involved, and B, for me, the question is, if the NCAA gets involved, does this create a situation where they do need to set an example, and does the death penalty become a possibility? I, I, does the NCAA get involved? Yes. Is there some thinking that they need to set an example on this, especially if more things come out? Yes. Uh, do we have a death penalty? Uh, no. 
uh, I, and I don't think you see the death penalty again simply because, um, you know, in the Big Big 12 case, if they dip under 10 members, they don't have a TV contract anymore. So you're doing far more. You'd be essentially destroying an entire conference over one member. NCAA doesn't want to get into that. Um, now, I, I would think you would see the sort of really harsh sanctions that uh, maybe hit the basketball program in the wake of the uh, Dave Bliss investigation, or, or what you know, uh, what USC got, uh, uh, you know, which uh, major reduction in scholarships, all that sort of thing. So yeah, there's uh, a couple year bowl ban. I mean, these are all possibilities I think could be on the table, depending on what the uh, NCAA finds and what comes out. Well, the, the way the NCAA operates as well. Doesn't what happened with the basketball program, which was not that long ago, and you're talking about institutional uh, integrity, does that not have to play into it? Yeah. I mean, does what happened, the two incidents like this happening so, I mean, you can certainly argue if you're the NCAA, don't you look at this and say, well, from an institutional standpoint, this institution has learned nothing. And we're talking about murder and sexual assault. (laughs) Well, yeah. Now, now, from the standpoint of the the statute of limitations, as opposed to being a repeat offender, the uh, my understanding is the basketball is off the books because the penalty came down in two thousand five. That's more than ten years out. But men's and women's basketball got hit for it. Just a ton of illegal uh, contact with recruits, phone, text messages, all that sort of thing. Not that long ago. And if you remember from SMU basketball, and if you don't. I'm sure Larry Brown and SMU basketball fans would remind well, you. Well, I, I can assure, S- I can assure you that S- SMU fans are watching this very closely because because they they want they want their pound of blood, yeah. uh, pound of flesh from but, uh, pound of blood. That's a lot of blood. Was specifically cited by the NCAA in coming down so hard on uh, the Mustangs in terms of the NCAA ban and the other penalties against them right. as repeat offenders, and certainly. Baylor's history the last, you know, 11, 12 years will factor into this. I mean, I don't see how you avoid it with two, arguably, two of the biggest recent scandals in college, college sports history. Two, two of the top three. And yeah. I, I, I yeah. would think you've, you've, you're pretty much, you've got two of the medal winners there. So, yes. so let's. I just. I just want to go back to if if they if if they do divisions in the, in the would it, would there be a Texas division and a Northern division? Is that the simplest way of doing it? You, you know, there's you can do this half a dozen different ways, uh, and I don't know if one's better than the other. You could do it the, um, you know, it, do you want competitive balance in your division? Because if you want competitive balance, you can't do the old north-south thing that we saw up until the title game went away in 2010. Because then, what is it, Oklahoma State and then the, the Kansas schools, Iowa State and West Virginia versus Oklahoma and the Texas schools. But at the same time, do you want your best schools in one division? So whoever emerges from that doesn't have a great challenge in the title game. Do you separate Texas and Oklahoma. Um, do you? Uh, does geography even matter if everybody's playing everybody? I mean, these are the sorts of things that I imagine navigate research 
has probably game planned to death, and we'll give them full reports on this situation. The the other situation, and everybody's saying, you know, like last year, you would have had uh, one week later after Oklahoma played Oklahoma State, they would have met in the championship game. How do you avoid that? You avoid that by making sure that the cross-division games take place early in the year. So well, however you set this up, you're going to have, you want the cross-division games taking place uh, September, October division games, you know, which which probably makes sense. Division games late October, November. Uh, so how does something like Bedlam or the Red River rivalry with traditional dates fit, fits into that structure? Does Mike Perrin not have on the on the table a proposal in which one division is Texas and the other division is the other nine schools? <laughs> that, that was they would be called the DeLoss Conference. Actually. <laughs> that was the, I mean, because Texas seems to be Texas seems to rule this conference, and they want they do whatever they want anyway. So why not just give them an automatic berth into the championship game every year and let the other nine schools duke it out? Uh, again, in the old days, that might have happened. Actually, I found it interesting <laughs> because Texas had been quiet pretty much for the entire year when David Bourne was going on his tangents about expansion and the conference network and. Uh, and a title game and all these sorts of things, psychologically disadvantaged, you know, that um, what what we saw last week at uh, Big 12 meetings was a little bit, you know, if you want to give a movie title, The Empire Strikes Back. You know, that was the most forceful I've ever heard Mike Perrin since taking over, you know, for from uh, from Steve Patterson. I mean, there was actually, uh, he sounded like a guy who's the athletic director at Texas, not just a guy holding holding the seat. And, uh, and and I think that was by design. I think Texas wants to send the message that they were not going to be steamrolled by Oklahoma and Bourne uh, on these key issues. And that was the perception, I think, in Austin and among a lot of alumni. Dave, do you want to make a, a pitch now for uh, having your alma mater uh, included North in Texas North in? Texas? Yeah. Competitively, I don't know if this is the correct time to do that. We... Uh, I still don't, unless this conference goes to BYU, I don't see an attractive expansion candidate. I know there was some push. Well, there have to be two, wouldn't there be? Yeah, I, I, there was some push that Cincinnati would be one of those schools. And, well, Houston's. So. And I, I, to me, Houston, Houston, South Florida, those schools yeah. don't move the needle. You get by BYU, you get a national yeah. presence. You get Cincinnati, you've at least got something to pair up with West Virginia in terms of, of, of a travel partner. But... I don't see how any of the other schools move the needle unless you're going to go take somebody from another major conference. If you could get the two Arizona schools, that'd be great. If you could, if you could get a Florida State to move from the ACC, that'd be great. But I think that's just fanciful thinking right now because everybody's got a better situation mm-hmm. than if they were to be in the Big Twelve. And until the Baylor situation gets sorted out, it's even less attractive to, to potential partners. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think you're looking at group of five. Uh, a lot of people thought coming out of the meetings that that expansion was dead. I'm not quite willing to go that far, simply because they were more than willing to declare the conference network dead. I mean, nobody's talked about that anymore. They drove a stake through that one, but they're still having these high-priced consultants crunch numbers and come back with a a report later this summer, and Bowlesby's been charged with making sure that this 
thing continues on expansion. They're not letting that go just yet. And But I think the criteria has changed when you take the conference network off the table. I think all of a sudden the TV sets in your market, which was a big driver for somebody like UConn being in the discussion, simply because, you know, potentially New York market, if you're going to have a Big 12 network, just like Rutgers in the Big Ten. Nobody in New York all cares of a sudden, about UConn. Well, nobody in New York cares about Rutgers. That's correct. But but the Big Ten is still, all of a sudden, what they could charge for the Big Ten network in that metro area just went up by a couple, you know, went up by what? Uh, you would know this better than me, Barry, but w- w- went up by like, what, uh, 25 cents? Well, that's, cents? Th- that's another issue we, we, we should get to at another time, whether this bundling is all going to go away. Right. And, 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 and really, and, to me, none of this makes because because at least your other conferences, they're strong nationally, but in large part because they have such a strong regional presence. And, you know, Evan, you're talking about BYU. Yeah, as far as a name, that makes sense. But if you're sitting back looking at a conference that stretches from BYU to West Virginia, it's it, there's no geographic sense to it. There's, there's no regional You're just picking and pulling. And and I, it's, I, think the, I think the ACC— I think that undercuts your brand. I really I, do. For me, I think it's hurt the ACC. I think the ACC has lost yeah. some kind of regional identity by adding the Syracuses and Washington and all colleges, those schools in the Northeast. Miami. You know, it it it, it is it, it's kind of hard to put your arms around. Um, and, and for me, in some regards, again, if you could take the two Arizona schools, which would be for me a best case scenario. Yeah. At least you're you know you're you're along that southwestern belt. You know, West Virginia is still that weird outlier. And you've got some kind of reach because you've got Arizona and Arizona State mm-hmm. with a regional rivalry right there as well. So those things all make sense to me. It just goes back to the same discussion. It's like the Trinity Tollway and the Trinity Park. It's the same discussion we've had for like twenty years. What is the future for the Big Ten, for the Big Twelve? We we can throw out all these ideas, but it's not a very attractive no. or reasonable situation. Maybe uh, you can call Mike Rawlings when Mike. Mike, Mike, when Michael Young, Young gets me that gets number, that I'm going to call him. Call we'll get get everything solved in one phone call. Look, we'll put. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put the Rangers' new ballpark in the Trinity River Park, and it will host the Big Twelve Championship. And we've solved everything. Well, and, and we we'll have to, except and, every and twelve school. years when it floods. And may, and maybe, and, or, 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 or maybe, and then maybe UTD, which is in Richardson. That's a whole other story. Could be could could join the conference with the new football team too. Well, SMU. Why not SMU? SMU's in Dallas. Why not? SMU is not in Dallas. It's in Highland Park. University Park, excuse me. Okay, let's let's get that very clear to our friends in the Park City. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, well, Chuck, we have got to go for today. This has been... Evan's been packing up since your whole interview <laughs> over here. I, I've, like, I've, I've had no attention Tell whatsoever. us why, Evan. Tell us why you have That's to why be out of here so quickly. Well, I have to... A, I have to pick up some um, uh, auction items for the Do It for Durrett... Uh, um, fundraiser that will be in two weeks at the ballpark in arlington and uh b i have a little <clears throat> national network tv to do uh, uh for mlb network this Look afternoon at brian shaking his head behind you he is sickened by your self-promotion that's mlb network uh five seven zero on uh fios or verizon or whatever that is chuck thank you for joining us this week we appreciate it Hey, no problem. And, and much like Evan, I've, I've got other things to do. I've, I've got radio requests from Doris, Connecticut, and uh, 
Provo, Utah, and Orlando. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, for some reason, I'm in demand in those cities. So I, I'll just tell you this. I'm on vacation as well as Kevin, but nobody knows I'm on vacation because nobody can No one can ever figure it out. Nobody can no. figure but out but, a difference but, but based on your workload. I just, I, I, I just want to put it, put it out there that I came in while Kevin oh. skipped. Well, uh, and, and we will possibly have Kevin on again at a later point in time. But, but for now, Chuck, we appreciate you joining us. David, it has been you. It's been. Let me just tell you that I've really enjoyed the fact that you've been in here and let me talk as much as I have. So that's something that's Kevin something doesn't new do for you. Yeah, that's that's something Kevin doesn't do. And Barry, you look marvelous. Thank you so much. I just like to remind everyone that with David, we did a separate podcast with David talking all about the Cowboys. We did a a, a terrific podcast with Michael Young, who takes no crap from Evan Grant on anything. And then I'd like to thank Chuck Carlton for joining us as well. He was terrific. And please, let's remember Kevin Fondly. <laughs> so long, everybody. <laughs>